1: Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager.
2: And I'm Karen Moscow. Here are the stories we're following today.
1: Karen, we begin with the controversy surrounding OpenAI. A day after the founder, Sam Altman, left for Microsoft, the firm says it is in, quote, intense discussions to unify the company. In an internal memo reviewed by Bloomberg News, Vice President of Global Affairs, Anna Makanju, says OpenAI Management is also in touch with Altman. In an interview with Bloomberg News, Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella signaled he would be open to Altman going back to OpenAI.
3: We really are, want to
1: partner with OpenAI, and we want to partner
3: with Sam. And so irrespective of where Sam is, he's working with Microsoft. And that is the case on Friday, and that'll be, that's the case today. And we will, I absolutely believe
1: that will be the case tomorrow. Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella says no matter what happens, OpenAI needs governance changes. Microsoft shares closed at a record high yesterday.
2: Well, Nathan, nearly all of OpenAI's employees threaten to quit and follow Altman to Microsoft unless the current board resign. Gene Munster, managing partner at Deepwater Asset Management, thinks Altman will land back at OpenAI.
1: The board's going to be gone. So uh, when if Altman goes back, by the way, that is my prediction, what happens here. I think he's actually going to return to OpenAI. Uh, if he goes back to OpenAI, they're going to be more aggressive at opening these models up and if he stays with microsoft they're going to be more aggressive and i think at the end of the day you're probably going to see faster adoption of ai features it's been coming at a neck break speed but i think it's going to be even faster based on everything that's happened here this is really allowing Altman to take his gloves off and probably do what he's wanted to do for the last eight years. And that's Deepwater
2: Asset Management's Gene Munster speaking to Bloomberg.
1: Now let's get to the latest from the Middle East. The leader of Hamas, Ismail Haniya, says his group is close to reaching a truce agreement with Israel through talks mediated by Qatar. President Biden has said both sides are near a deal to free some of the 240 hostages Hamas seized in the October 7th attack. White House National Security spokesman John Kirby says there would need to be a pause in the fighting.
3: If you're going to secure the release of hostages, and we certainly hope we're going to be able to do that soon, you got to make sure they can get from where they are to safety and do that as safely as possible, which means you're going to have to have at least a temporary localized stop in the fighting.
1: White House spokesman John Kirby says it's been difficult getting information on the hostages because Hamas has control of that access. Meantime, Israeli forces continue to engage in heavy fighting in the northern Gaza Strip. Israel's taken control of much of the al-Shifa hospital, which it says Hamas used as a command and control center.
2: Well, Nathan, the White House has opened accounts on Meta's social media platform threads for the president and vice president. And Bloomberg said Baxter has the details.
1: The White House says it's just another way to meet people where they are. It says it's been using different forms of media since the beginning of the administration. And this has been in motion for several weeks now. But the timing does come in the wake of Elon Musk's endorsement of anti-Semitic content. And according to sources, the White House is not considering ending its use of X accounts because of that. Although they do say the Musk post angered Biden and his aides. Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Radio. Okay, Ed, thank you. A new front's opening in the U.S.-China chip conflict. President Biden is shifting focus to an emerging area of the contest for technological supremacy, the process of packaging semiconductors that is increasingly seen as a path to achieving higher performance. The U.S. isn't alone, though, in recognizing the potential of so-called advanced packaging. China, too, is capitalizing on an area that is not subject to sanctions, capturing global market share and achieving progress that it was denied in manufacturing high-end chips.
2: While staying with chips, Nathan, NVIDIA reports earnings after the bell. The high-flying semiconductor stock is up 245 percent so far this year. Mandy Singh, senior technology analyst for Bloomberg, says NVIDIA shares closed at an all-time high yesterday.
1: And uh, Karen, was staying on the earnings front, Zoom reported better-than-expected revenue on strong enterprise sales. The company, whose signature video software became the essential communications tool for homebound Americans during the pandemic, has now turned its focus to business customers. Zoom has added features for those clients, including word processing, and stepped up the use of artificial intelligence to buttress its main video conferencing service.
2: Nathan, investors also have their eyes on U.S. Treasuries, wondering if the world's deepest debt market will suffer a third straight year of losses. And we get more in this live report from Bloomberg's John Tucker. John, good morning. Uh,
4: Karen, investors who anticipated 2023 would be the year of the bond were instead hit by waves of turmoil. But the year may have a happy ending as Treasuries soar this month. Traders now bet the Fed is done with hiking interest rates and, in fact, will cut rates in the first half of next year. They hope that happy narrative gets support when the Fed today releases minutes of its last policy meeting. The surge in bond prices also got a green light to continue yesterday after an auction of 20-year debt went off without a hitch. U.S. Treasuries have gained 2.6% this month through Friday, cutting their loss for the year to merely two-tenths of a percent, according to data compiled by Bloomberg. John Tucker, Bloomberg Radio. All right,
1: John, thank you. Finally, as we approach the Thanksgiving holiday, Black Friday and Cyber Monday spending are projected to hit new highs. Consumers plan to spend an average of five hundred sixty. Sixty-seven dollars during those two shopping events. That would be a 13% increase from last year. That result is a record for Deloitte's annual Black Friday Cyber Monday survey. About 84% of shoppers say they feel confident enough to stick with the budgets they set in September. Four and ten say they will finish their holiday shopping during this long holiday weekend. Futures pointing to a modestly higher open this morning on Wall Street. This is Bloomberg.
2: All right, Nathan, thanks. It's time now for a look at some of the other stories making news around the world. For that, we're joined by Bloomberg's Amy Morris. Amy, good morning.
5: Good morning, Karen. Police in Ohio say a shooter opened fire at a Walmart, wounding four people before apparently killing himself. The attack took place last night at a Walmart in Beaver Creek in the Dayton metropolitan area. Beaver Creek Police Captain Scott Molnar says the four victims are currently being treated for their injuries.
4: Injured four victims. Uh, the conditions of the victims right now is unknown as they were all transported to area hospitals for
5: treatment. Police did not immediately release the name of the gunman or a possible motive for the attack. Meanwhile, in Colorado, another mass shooting. Police say three people are dead and fourth is in critical condition after a gunman opened fire in Custer County. Police say that gunman is on the run. They believe he was in a civil dispute with one of the victims over property lines. Donald Trump's gag order hearing is over. A panel of three federal appeals witnesses appeared reluctant to give Trump a green light to resume public attacks on witnesses, prosecutors, and court staff, but they did signal that they would be open to narrowing the scope of the gag order. Judge Patricia Millett. We certainly want to make sure that the criminal trial process and its integrity and its truth-finding function are protected, but we've got to use a careful scalpel here and not step into really sort of skewing in the political arena, don't we? The D.C. Circuit put the case on a fast track rather than a typical appeal but did not say when it plans to rule. Trump's lawyers have already said they'll ask the Supreme Court to intervene if the appeals court doesn't lift the full order. Thanksgiving's just two days away, but the travel rush is already underway. By road, rail, or runway, millions of Americans are traveling this week. TSA expects this to be one of the busiest travel periods of the year. This traveler flying out of the Oakland International Airport refuses to lose her cool if things go awry. I imagine there'll be a few, but I'll just roll with it. AAA says today and tomorrow are peak travel windows when nearly 5 million people will pass through airports, a million people will ride the rails, and 50 million Americans will be on the highway. Global news 24 hours a day and whenever you want it with Bloomberg News Now. I'm Amy Morris, and this is Bloomberg Karen.
2: All right, Amy, thank you. Well, we do bring you news throughout the day right here on Bloomberg Radio. But as you heard Amy say, now you can get the latest news on demand whenever you want it. Just subscribe to Bloomberg News Now to get the latest headlines at the click of a button. Get informed on your schedule. You can listen and subscribe to Bloomberg News Now on the Bloomberg Business app, Bloomberg.com, plus Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. It is time now for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Here's John Stashauer.
4: John. Karen, Philadelphia Eagles coach Nick Sirianni admits the previous game between his team and the Kansas City Chiefs a little bit more important. That was last February Super Bowl, won by KC. But the Eagles... Did get some revenge in a Monday nighter at Arrowhead Stadium, winning 21-17. They trailed 17-7 at halftime. Jalen Hurts scored a touchdown in the third quarter. And then the go-ahead TD on a quarterback sneak, capping an 80-yard drive with 620 remaining. The Eagles are 9-1. They're the first team since the Colts in 2005-06 and to start consecutive seasons with that good of a record. Quarterback change in New York, no surprise. The Jets benching the struggling Zach Wilson. Turning to Tim Boyle, who's only made three NFL starts and has never won a game. Joe Flacco signing with the Cleveland Browns, although the Browns will keep Dorian Thompson-Robinson, the rookie, as their starter, replacing the injured Deshaun Watson. Geno Smith has an elbow injury, hopeful that he can play for Seattle in a game Thursday night against the 49ers. Upset in the NBA, Charlotte beat the Celtics in overtime, 121-118. to The Hornets had lost four in a row. It ends the Celtics' six-game winning streak. Jason Tatum scored 45 in the loss. The Warriors had lost six in a row, but got Steph Curry back in the lineup, and he scored 32 in a 121-116 win over Houston. Six straight loss for Washington, beaten home by Milwaukee, 142-129. Giannis Antetokounmpo scored 42, shot 20 of 23. Bruins lost in overtime at Tampa Bay. John with Bloomberg Sports.
2: All right, John, thank you. Coming up on Bloomberg Daybreak, you've been hearing a lot about OpenAI and Sam Altman and Microsoft, of course. We'll be talking to the Microsoft CEO, Satya Nadella. He joined our Emily Chang, and uh, he's going to discuss this entire story with us straight ahead. And ahead of that conversation, futures are lower with S&P futures down a tenth of a percent, down about five points.
0: And this is Bloomberg. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street. top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com TechSF.
4: From coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on SiriusXM, the Bloomberg Business App and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak.
1: Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. We continue to follow the saga at OpenAI after a whirlwind of events over the weekend led to the ouster of co-founder Sam Altman, only for Microsoft to... Bring him on. Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella joined Bloomberg's Emily Chang to discuss the hiring of Sam Altman as OpenAI investors push for Altman to come back. They also spoke about Microsoft's partnership with the company and its goals for artificial intelligence. Let's bring you that conversation now.
0: Satya, obviously, it's been a very fast moving and dramatic last 72 to 48 hours. And I want to start with the state of play. Where are we now? OpenAI says it's hired a new CEO. We're reporting there are efforts to get Sam Altman back. Tell us where things stand.
3: Well, first of all, Emily, it's great to be with you. Um, you know, on Friday morning, uh, we were very excited, committed, and confident in our innovation roadmap to bring this next generation of AI to our customers. Um, and we feel fantastic and, and capable of doing that. Uh, and we were partnered with OpenAI, and we were partnered with Sam. And that's exactly where I am on Monday afternoon, if you will, because we think that we can, you know, we are leading in this next generation of AI technology. Uh, We continue to be committed to OpenAI and we continue to be committed to Sam and Greg and the team, uh, irrespective of where they are. And, you know, I, I think about Sam has chosen multiple times now to work with us and that's fantastic to see. And I think the real thing is that the capability that Microsoft has across the tech stack is what attracts Uh, Great people like Sam, you know, and people like Sam and, you know, innovators like Sam when it comes to AI to come to us, and we are thrilled about it.
0: You incredibly quickly hired Sam as well as Greg. We are uh, hearing that Sam wants to return. Investors want him to return to OpenAI. How would you feel about that?
3: Yeah, as I said— we really are, want to partner with OpenAI, and we want to partner with Sam. And so irrespective of where Sam is, he's working with Microsoft. And that is the case on Friday, and that'll be, that's the case today. And we will, I absolutely believe that will be the case tomorrow.
0: So what are the conversations you've had uh, with OpenAI's current board? From their perspective, where do things stand? And have you talked with Emmett Shear, the new interim CEO?
3: Yeah, I've had conversations with Emmett, and again, it's the same thing. There's no real difference there from where we were when we were working with Mira, and she was interim CEO, and Sam was CEO, uh, and Emmett. So, my message to Emmett is very clear, which is, hey, look, we remain very, very committed to OpenAI and its mission and its sort of roadmap, and they can count on us. And and then, as I said, we're also very committed to Sam and Greg and team that want to join us. Uh, If they're not at OpenAI or anyone else who is at OpenAI wants to go somewhere else, we want them to come to Microsoft and continue to work uh, here and in partnership with OpenAI.
0: To your knowledge, why was Sam fired? And to your knowledge, was he involved in any wrongdoing? Has the board given you a reason?
3: As far as I'm concerned, you know, we were, as I said, we were very confident in Sam and his leadership team. I've not been told about anything. I, you know, they published internally at OpenAI that uh, there is not that the board has not talked about anything that Sam did, other than some breakdown in communications. And I, you know, I've not directly and was told by anyone from their board about any issues. And so, therefore, I remain confident in Sam and his leadership uh, and capability. And that's why you know we want to welcome him to Microsoft.
0: Now, we understand that to support a a return of Sam Altman to OpenAI, Microsoft wants some changes to the board, to governance, to its overall contract with OpenAI, so something like this never happens again. What specifically are you looking for? For example, would you want a board seat? And if not, what else?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think we definitely will want some governance changes. So, you you know, surprises are bad. And... Uh, we just want to make sure that things are done in a way that will allow us to con- continue to partner well. That's about it, right? You know, this idea that somehow you know suddenly changes happen without being you know in the loop is not good. Uh, and uh, we will definitely ensure that some of the changes that are needed happen, and and we continue to be able to go along on the partnership with uh, OpenAI.
0: So, how are you envisioning this role with the sort of you know advanced AI team that Sam and Greg would be joining? And leading. Can you explain that? And are they actually Microsoft employees right now? <laughs> like, who do they work for?
3: Yeah, so they're all in the process of uh, joining. And yes, I mean, the thing is, look, you know, we have a ton of AI expertise in this company. You know, in fact, at our Ignite conference last week, uh, we talked about all of the great work OpenAI is doing and on Azure and all the, you know, models and tools that we built around it. And we also talked about all the open source models that are on Azure uh, from, you know, Lama and Mistral and... Um, JS and everything, you know, and then also, you know, in fact, not only are we leaders in LLMs, uh, in partnership with OpenAI, but we're also leaders in SLMs, or the small language models with Phi, And we talked about that, which is all developed by Microsoft Research. So uh, what I'm excited about is sort of creating another team that's really gonna have high ambition on leading edge advanced AI work that Sam and Greg are excited about. This is something that you know we've talked a lot about with them. You know, what happens in 25? What happens in 30? What, what do we do to advance both the system side, the science side? Um, and that's the thing that we will be be pushing on
0: now, many folks I'm speaking with don't see Sam as a sort of big tech company guy. He has all of these side project projects that um, you know we've already heard about. We've reported on new projects. Would he be able to pursue these side projects while being employed by Microsoft?
3: Yeah, I'm sure. You know, like you know, Sam. Uh, He's got broad interests and broad uh, investments and so on. And we'll definitely, you know, work through the governance aspects of it. Uh, but most importantly, I think he would want to only work at Microsoft if he wants to spend his full-time time on really pursuing the mission, just like how he was spending his time on OpenAI. And so that's kind of uh, the idea behind having him lead this advanced uh, research team around AI with Greg and others. And, you know, that's an exciting you know, thing for us to look forward to.
0: I'm curious just your reaction to, you know, the last three days of events. Are you now more concerned than ever about AI safety, given we've seen clearly how fragile these institutions are?
3: It's a great point. I mean, the thing that I think, in some sense... I've always felt that we should think about the unintended consequences of any great advances in technology from day one versus dealing with them later. So in some sense, I welcome this dialogue, if you will, of safety and safety first even in technology and technological development, right? I mean, that's, I think, in some sense, it should be celebrated that we as a tech industry have gotten to a place. Uh, where we don't think of this as a trade-off, but we think about this as two considerations that are both first class, right? One is how do we build technology so that everybody in the world can have a doctor ex- an ex- that, that they can reach or a tutor or, uh, you know, a rural farmer in India has more agency because of technology that was developed in the West Coast of the United States a few months earlier. These are unbelievable things that democratize access on one side, but on the other side, right. being grounded on the here and now harms right whether it's election interference or deep fakes or bias uh, or bioterrorism and having the guardrails against it, or even the some of the you know AI takeoff existential risks and the alignment research that is required. So I think that there is a real robust dialogue uh, that's happening, which is and real work. Like when I think about Microsoft, we have done in fact some of the biggest, most work around AI alignment, AI safety, guardrails. So for example, even the open source models we launched last week all have benefit from all the guardrail work we did. Uh, around uh, open AI models.
0: So, throughout the reporting process, we've heard, you know, concerns about potential regulatory issues and, of course, the power that Microsoft already has, the power that Microsoft has in AI. Have you, on your end, worked through all the potential legal issues at play here? I mean, I just spoke to one investor who said, you know, they're considering suing open AI. Like, you know, there's there's a lot of things that have yet, it seems, to be figured out. And do you know what... Microsoft's legal liability is, and OpenAI's legal liability is, given your significant investment there.
3: Yeah, look, I, I'm I, I'm most focused on, and most excited about our ability to continue to innovate, Emily. I mean, I I'll let the lawyers sort of figure out what liabilities are, but I think we have all the capability, all the IP. Uh, and all the things that we need in order to continue to essentially control our destiny here so that we can continue to innovate on behalf of our customers. That's what matters. That's what makes Microsoft, Microsoft, uh, and we'll continue to do what we need to do.
0: Okay, so quick last question. This is today. Who's gonna be CEO of OpenAI tomorrow? You tell me.
3: (laughs) I will leave it to OpenAI and its board.
1: Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella says no matter what happens, OpenAI needs governance changes. Microsoft shares closed at a record high yesterday. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Today, your morning brief on the stories making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond. Plus, listen coast-to-coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Nathan Hager.
2: And I'm Karen Moskow. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak.